Welcome to Brick House with Bob Johnson and Matt Baker. I'm Bob Johnson. We're back with another episode of Brick House, episode 199. And I'm Matt Baker. Bob, let's just get straight to the point. If they want to find us on Twitter, they can find us at Brick House Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. We have an Instagram account. This is very exciting news. It's at Brick House Pod. You can email us through the website brickhousepodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, rate and review us if you want. You can find us on Podbean, not Podbean. I've never even heard of Podbean. Sorry. Can you make that up? Yeah. You can basically find us wherever podcasts are located. Not Podbean. No, not Podbean. Bob, we have a guest today, and I would like to intro this guest by saying that this is a man who I sat two chairs down from in Las Vegas for a solid half hour and did not acknowledge even once that's rude brought shame upon my dojo (laughs) (laughs) did you hurry car yourself yes no he's the host of the super flight podcast and dunk tales our friend on the almighty baller network freshly back from vegas like us it's joe borelli hey welcome to the podcast joe and now so bob you told me that joe was sitting but a few feet away from us, and I had no idea, and I felt terrible about it. But he's a champ. He, ex- he came on the show regardless. Yes. It's it's fine. I was too tired to talk to you guys anyways. <laughs> See, that's perfect. We were just too tired to talk to each other, but here we are. If anyone's How much basketball it- had we all absorbed by that point anyways? I think we were all just like at a loss for words, just, just really trying to, to focus on what was happening in front of us, right? Yeah, that's a good point. After two nights in Vegas, people turn into zombies. Mm-hmm. The heat, it's true. the alcohol, the sleep deprivation. But it's true. Thanks for coming back on the show. Of course. Excited I'm going to gonna admit something right now that's really even more embarrassing than, than sitting a couple of seats away from me and, and not talking. Bob, I know who you are because you introduced yourself. But Matt, I still don't know which of the other two guys that were sitting there was you. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. <laughs> that's amazing. That's fine. <laughs> There's a picture of him on, on Instagram. That's at Brickhouse Pod. Is there a picture oh, of me on Instagram? Yeah, that interview you gave. Oh yeah. At Summer League. Uh, yeah, well I was one of the people I I will take and I'm I'm fine with just being an anonymous person in Bob's life. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I first shook Joe's hand, you know, it was loud in Summer League, I thought he said his name was Leonardo, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean Joe Borelli's cool oh. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Did you really think I said Leonardo? I mean, yeah, I was kind of leaning over another row. Yeah, Leonardo, all right. Great. That's amazing. That's ama- I'm changing my name right now. <laughs> no, yeah, it's perfect. We're a bunch of professionals here. But yeah, Absolutely. two-timer. He's our second two-time guest with uh, McMinnis. So. Well, I'm in good company, I guess. Really appreciative. 
So we just Person. all got back from Summer League. We've, you know, shaken off the hangovers and the, uh, the zombie stares. After you've had some time to reflect, what did you take away from Summer League? I know it was your first time going there. What were the highlights for you? I got to tell you, well, first of all, my takeaways, there's a lot of really, really bad basketball oh, man, to watch you're correct. <laughs> You like, are right about that. It's it's a ton of fun, right? But it's so freaking bad, especially when you're like you're just coming off the finals. You're you're watching the two best teams in the league. I mean, maybe it's the first best and like the fourth best team in in this year's finals, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You're watching two of the five best teams in the league play each other and and that's the height of of basketball that you're going to see anywhere. It's amazing. And then you have that fresh in your mind and a month later you're watching this just garbage 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 basketball you know the experience is amazing like you guys i met you in the cox pavilion and that that pavilion is just so small it's like a high school gym right right you've got these giant human beings on the court just like going full bore and trying to like some guys are out there trying to get contracts so they're like playing their asses off you're getting to see like the number one prospects or the the top prospects in their in their draft and like it's pretty incredible but you know it's still it's just awful basketball so let me turn the table on you guys let me ask you the question who really impressed you guys while you're out at summer league i liked watching jonathan isaac and mo bamba play together but at the same time i could totally see that just being a product of the basketball that was happening right like those two guys especially jonathan isaac should crush summer league and he did so i don't know Mm -hmm. if i should be impressed by what i saw or just kind of that's what he should have done you know what i mean right i'm always just impressed by the crowd at summer league i usually spend good 60 percent of the time wandering the halls trying to run into writers or or mba agents or executives I was blown away by the line for autographs for Henry Ellenson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, people were waiting in line for 45 minutes to an hour to meet Henry Ellenson. And we also saw his parents. Oh, um, man. Oh, wow. They're giants. Yeah, they're nine and a half feet tall. His whole family, <laughs> his mother, his father, his brothers, they are imposing figures. I would have drafted him eighth overall and had to deal with that situation, too, just based off his family. Even apparently Amari Spellman had a huge crowd waiting for him, too. No guys you would ever expect to be like autograph signings, right? They're just they're all lined up to to sign autographs. Right. At least Spellman has Villanova National Championship under his name. I don't think these kids even know who they're lining up for. That's true. Last year, I was sitting next to a 10-year-old, a couple of 10-year-olds in Cox Pavilion, and Trajan Langdon walked by. (laughs) I was like, hey, guys, look, it's Trajan Langdon. They're like, what are you talking about? I I don't even know who Trajan Langdon is. (laughs) He's an old Duke player from, like, uh, turn of the century. Yeah, and then I pointed out somebody else, or Malik Beasley or something. They have no idea who it is. I was like, did you guys see Steph Curry? They're like, no, where's he? I was like, he's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Zing! Nice. Good one. Under 11. But you know what? Speaking of, speaking of the walking the pavilion, who did you see famous? I want to, I want to hear about this because I, I'll, t- I'll give you my experience because I love talking about myself. Uh, <laughs> I saw, and I don't get starstruck. Like I live in New York. I see celebrities all the time, like actual real celebrities, right? I, sure. I've held the door for Drew Barrymore and she thanked me for it. I'm just like, you're welcome. What like, a guy. 
What a guy. I mean, who, why wouldn't you hold the door for Drew Barrymore? Anyway, it's not, I wasn't starstruck. I was just like, sure, of course. Like, you know, you're a human being. But Bill Simmons went like flying by me, walking down the hall real fast. I think he was trying to get to the Celtics game that had just, it was just beginning. And I could do nothing but stare at him and <laughs> gawk as he walked by. And I'm like, what just happened? Who am I? I'm so embarrassed and awkward right now. <laughs> like, what, what is going on? And, that's the true meaning of summer league, Joe. That if big time celebrities don't impress you, but Bill Simmons or people in the basketball community do impress you, that is what summer league is all about. That's a good point. That's a really good point. It is like I said this before. It is a Star Wars or Star Trek convention for basketball nerds. Oh, of it's course. like <laughs> that's exactly what that is. So who did you guys see? Did you meet and talk to anyone? I met Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. And mm-hmm. I saw Amin Elisan. I like uh, both of those guys. But what I like to do is go to the Rockets game and not watch the Rockets, but just watch Daryl Morey's reactions to the, the Rockets, specifically <laughs> uh, Joe Key. Yeah. That guy makes a three-pointer, and Daryl Morey looks like he just got an Xbox for Christmas. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Shams. He was what I hope was breaking down some hot insight for some trade rumors. You saw him too, right, Bob? We walked by him. Yeah, together. he's like the most debonair sports writer in the world. Yeah. yeah. He was out on the promenade, right? I walked by him too. Yeah, he just that's where he holds court. He doesn't actually watch the game. You just have if you mm-hmm. want to come up and be blessed by Shams with some of his <laughs> knowledge, he'll, he'll allow you but a moment to gaze upon his beauty. And uh I I didn't see a ton to be honest i for some reason my my sightings were very down this year yeah last year i met sam hankey and that that experience was not Ooh, topped it can't oh, be oh man did you wash your hand after i mean or did you just like not did you like laminate your hand so it's not gonna ever be touched by anything else ever yeah my hand I, it can't even come in the bed with my wife anymore <laughs> <laughs> actually I did see Jamie Dixon, uh, TCU head coach. And the college coaches are what gets me. Oh, Jim Beheim. We walked by Jim mm. Beheim, oh, who, yeah. who looks, I tell you, when he's not on the sidelines in a suit, his age shows. He is getting old. Those Oof. orange polos are not very flattering. Yeah. <laughs> that and uh, Rick Stansbury, the Western Kentucky coach brought his entire family to summer league and tricked him into think they were going on a, a family vacation but you thought trajan langdon was an obscure reference <laughs> yeah. Yeah. matt you're really into college ball right i yeah i do like college basketball a lot so then you were totally prepared for the amount of shitty basketball you were about to watch oh i <laughs> i i trained my eyes on it yeah, to me, it's, it was just another night watching basketball show. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what you guys were talking about with all this. One year, I've told this on the podcast, but I don't think I've told you or any, I don't know who else. You didn't even talk to Leonardo at the yeah, summer yeah, league. Yeah, sorry, Leo. <laughs> it's um, okay. It's okay. One year, my brothers and I went, and we were just sitting there chatting about all the college kids that were on the court, and we were like talking about what they were doing and some guy leaned over to us and said i'm an assistant coach in the israeli basketball league here to scout for players i'm going to hand you this roster and you tell me who i need to watch out for so basically this israeli coach was using the baker brothers insight to scout for potential israeli basketball players that was the highlight of my summer league experience many years ago <laughs> wow that's 
That's pretty awesome. Did, and did you scout anyone good for him? Or did you tell him to scout anyone good? Did they end up getting a contract in Israel? Well, so this was when NBA legendary backup Shelvin Mack was just coming out of college. Mm. So I was like, you need to look at Shelvin Mack. And this was before he had a contract. And the guy just shook his head and said, no, he's too expensive for us. And I was like, okay. So oh. <laughs> so we're looking at we're looking at. You not see that guy at the end of the bench? He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So we're looking at not as good as Shelvin Mack. Okay, all of us are up. You can sign any of us to a contract. Do you want us? But what some would call subpar basketball to me is great watchable basketball, Joe. It's college with 10 good. I'm never watching basketball with you, Matt. <laughs> just oh, okay. just so you know. Yeah, fair enough. Now that we got you on the pod, you're a big Sixers fan. People who listen to uh, Superflight and Dunk Tales and know that about you. Probably the best NBA story in years with the Brian Colangelo burner Twitter account yeah. scandal. Right. Mm-hmm. Were you a fan of, uh, of Brian Colangelo? I know you, you wouldn't wash your hand <laughs> after you met Sam Hankey. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if, yeah, that's a silly question. Was, uh, here's the question. Was any Philadelphia fan a, a fan of Brian Colangelo? That's the real question you should ask. No. No, I was not. I didn't like him from the day he got there. I didn't like him when he was with the Raptors. I didn't, I didn't really know about him when he was with the Suns. But whatever. I was basically doing cartwheels when he got let go. And I was about to be really upset if he wasn't because it's a really bad look for the team. I just and it was such speaking of a story like have you guys do you guys remember anything like this happening not a, not just in the NBA but like any professional sport I mean the way we interact with people the way we interact with each other and the way we, we interact with like players even and GMs and like the way we interact with the NBA at large has completely changed by with the advent of the internet like and and with the advent of Twitter and it's just there's so much power in the palm of your hand every time i send out a tweet i'm just like am i going to regret putting this out there <laughs> you know like he clearly didn't have that problem didn't really think about it and really didn't think to tell his wife hey maybe watch what you're saying on on the internet i'm happy to see him go i'm happy if he never has another job because frankly the guy is a dick um <laughs> <laughs> and you hear it too like Beat writers have been around him, like people that have been around him in the family. They, I've heard personally that family, and I'm not just saying this because their last name is Colangelo. They are like a mob mentality family. It's kind of freaking scary, right? They bully people. They, they, and they're, he's so like just concerned about what people think of him rather than making good moves for the team. I'm, I'm happy he's gone. I'm happy he's gone. And to be honest with you, I'm not even upset that they don't have a GM yet. I really want them to take their time and find the right guy for the job. Probably not Daryl Morey, but like, you know, <laughs> look around a bit. Yeah, I'd put that That's, Brian that was the end of my story up there with a Russian sleeper cell reality television star becoming the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a, uh, a more difficult Brian Colangelo question for you then. A hypothetical, if you will. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you familiar with the term foist? <laughs> I've heard foist before, yes. So f- when you foist... Uh, someone onto uh, onto someone that means you're 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 forcing this person onto someone. Let's say this is a curb your enthusiasm. Curb term. your enthusiasm. Big fan. Yeah. If you could foist Brian Colangelo, and when I mean that, force a team to sign him as their GM mm-hmm. for the next five years, which team would you wish this fade on? Who See, you... you think this is a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> it's so so easy. Yeah. 
It's got to be the Celtics. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. If there's anybody I want to like accidentally implode just by you know sheer stupidity, it's got to be the Celtics. I'm a little <laughs> bit jealous right now. Like the Sixers have these two young superstars, and they they just could be in the best position in the East right now with LeBron gone. But no, the fucking Celtics are in the way again. Goddamn Celtics, always in the freaking way. All right, sorry. Anyway, the Celtics easily. Yeah, it's kind of weird because while. Everybody made such a hubbub, and the process was in the headlines. The Celtics just kind of processed themselves behind the scenes, so they couldn't even allow the Sixers to have the fun of that. Did you hear this quote that Josh Harris says he now wants to run the Sixers front office by committee? This came out just a little bit before the rumor that the Sixers failed to sign Daryl Morey away from the Houston Rockets. What was your reaction to hearing that comment? I actually didn't hear the comment, but I do know what you're talking about. It's interesting, I guess. I can see, like, they... All right, so the the organization loves Brett Brown, and they don't want to put... You know, they don't want to jeopardize their relationship with him. They don't really want to bring in a GM who's going to try and make a power struggle and flip the front office completely or get rid of the coach and bring in their own team. You know what I mean? I think they feel really confident... I mean, judging by the trade they made on draft night and the things they've done since, which Bielitsa blows my mind. And then today, I don't know, they get let go of TLC or they traded TLC and Jason, not Jason. I was going to say Jason Justin Capono. Anderson, yeah. Justin Anderson. Jason Capono. Where, what's, <laughs> where, what year is this? <laughs> anyway, Justin game. Anderson. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to really process that. I haven't really got to think about that yet, but I feel like they – they have a couple of good guys in the front office in Ned Cohen and Mark Eversley. And there's another guy whose name I can't remember. And like, you know, they're looking at those guys for the potential GM as well. I think the whole doing it by committee is kind of, it's a slippery slope. I don't want Brett Brown to have too much input in the GM moves because he's a coach. And as a coach, you need to do one job. It's a very specific job. You need to get your guys ready to go. You need to game plan. You need to watch film. You need to do you know, grow them as players. And that's really his specialty is a, is a coach who grows players or um, a mentor or something else that I can't think of. As a GM, it's a completely different thing. Like you need to be focused on other things. You need to be thinking about like, I know the, the coach really loves this guy, but we might have to trade him to get this guy who's even better. You can't do both as a coach. I do like that Brett Brown has input and right now he's actually functioning as the GM, but I don't want him to be the GM and I don't want him to have too much say in that. So I understand wanting to bring a guy in who's going to mesh with everybody that's already there, not rock the boat. And I think it's a good strategy. I just don't know that they're going to be able to find that guy. You're, you know, Does that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of mentor, for people who don't know, Sam Hinkie worked under Daryl Morey as the assistant GM in Houston before he got the Sixers job and trusted the process, created uh, the Sixers team that we have today. What do you think his reaction was upon hearing that Daryl Morey is getting offered his old job? I've got to imagine laughter, right? He's probably just like, what? <laughs> what? W-T-F-O-M-G-L-O-L-O-L, right? I mean, I can totally see Sam Hinkie saying that. <laughs> what, what percentage of the Sixers fan base would not want Sam Hinkie back? Oh, man, that's a very, that's got to be a very, very, very small percentage. Only like old heads around Philadelphia that just don't understand what happened when Hickey was there. It's, I mean, most of them, most of the Sixers fans, I got to believe probably 99% of them wouldn't 
just absolutely piss themselves if they brought him back. Is there so, a number you, that we think Sam Hinkie would accept to come back? What are we talking about? Ten million, fifteen million a year? <laughs> what? A, what do we think? Honestly, for Sam Hinkie, I don't. I don't even think it's about money. I don't think he would do it under any circumstances because he got the rug pulled out so hard from under him mm-hmm. the first time around. Like that is just a complete annihilation of trust, right? And if you have the front, if you you're working for a front office who has given you so much leeway and so much room to do your thing and they put their confidence in you and they believed in you and everything you were doing and then all of a sudden they're like ah we gotta bring in another guy that's not that's not easy to get over i'm I'm sure he would really he's not gonna come back what if they put in the contract that drunken sixers fans would carry him around on a throne like c-3po in the ewok village yeah That's a good one. Um, I certainly think he <laughs> definitely wouldn't come back then. <laughs> but I would line up to be one of those drunken Sixers fans. I don't know if we've ever had a Star Wars reference on this podcast, Bob. That was good. Breaking new ground. Congratulations, Joe. You were here, you were here for the Star Wars portion of the podcast. So we and the Star Trek, right? Because we talked about a Star Trek convention being a bit, you know, basketball. Oh, there you right? go. Wow. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we asked you to come on the show to talk Summer League, to talk about the Sixers. And then at three in the morning, two nights before you come on, one of the biggest trades of the summer just went down. Kawhi Leonard got traded for DeMar DeRozan. The Spurs finally found a taker for the uh, the disgruntled star. So what's your what's your Kawhi Leonard hot take? I know you've <laughs> been on a, a podcast recording spree. I'm sure you've you've talked about Kawhi. Yeah, we talked about it in the Dunk Tales last night, me and James Holos, a.k.a. Snotty Drippin'. My my take is, uh, here's my hot take. He's going to be cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to be watching to see what kind of cell phone Kawhi Leonard's using. I'm a big L.A. Clippers fan. The owner of the Clippers, Steve Ballmer, he made all of the Clippers players get rid of their Apple devices, their their iPhones, and replaced them all with Windows phones. If we catch Kawhi with a Windows phone this season, mm-hmm. I'm going to take that as an omen that he's going to the Clippers because there's no other reason <laughs> to ever have a Windows phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a really good point. You guys are diving deep, man. You're getting into a little nitty-gritty of it. I wouldn't even have thought of that, but <laughs> that's good call. What, good that's what you. we do here. We take everything you thought you knew and go much, much deeper. Now here's, a, here's another theory. Tell me what you think about this. The trade for Toronto as a salary dump hidden in plain sight, disguised as a playoff push, you know, right. an attempt to make their team better. But really, they just wanted to get out from under the contract of DeRozan. You know, maybe they'll get lucky and Kawhi will decide that, uh, you know, staying on a frozen planet is better <laughs> than going back home to mm-hmm. sunny L.A. Mm-hmm. But I think they just wanted to get rid of DeRozan, who though he's had a great career in toronto it usually doesn't go well for him in the playoffs honestly i think that's exactly what it is and i don't even think it's that thinly veiled of a of a right. you know of a strategy right because listen they know what DeRozan is they know how far he's going to take him he's shown that every time he gets to the playoffs he runs into lebron well you know lebron's not there anymore but then it's it's still he has a limited ceiling that team topped out at what it was going to be so now you have DeMar DeRozan and you have Kyle Lowry sitting on these two big contracts and you're, you're, you're maxed out just about and like you have no cap flexibility. So what can you do? You can take a real big risk on a guy who, if he's healthy, 
he's even better than DeMar DeRozan in Kawhi Leonard, right? If he's not, you just move that contract because Kawhi is an expiring contract. You're free and clear. You've got these young guys. You've got OGN and Obi waiting on the bench or waiting. I think he was starting last year. But anyway, you've got talent there. I think it's totally what they did was clearing his cap. And if Kawhi doesn't sign, it's not that big of a loss. And they're not even having to rebuild. They still got some quality guys there, and they can just – I mean, maybe they tank it for the rest of the year, right, and hope that they stay within that 20th pick so that that first-round pick they keep and the next one becomes two second-rounders for the, the Spurs. But I think it was a brilliant move for the Raptors. I think I think they just hit the ball in the park. It makes every sense for them to do this. And it's it sucks because, like you mentioned, DeMar DeRozan is the best player in franchise history, right? He was beloved by the fans, even though they all saw his shortcomings – and kudos to the Raptors fans for, like, accepting the guy so wholeheartedly and, like, really putting stock into him as a player because they knew what he was and they loved him for it anyways. And that's a true, like, beautiful relationship, right? He was huge in the community, all that stuff. But if you're the Raptors, this is a no-brainer. And I, I think that's exactly what it is, is basically a salary dump disguised as we're going to take a risk on a really high-end player who may never come back and play again. Yeah, if they can't re-sign Kawhi and they lose him and they lose Danny Green's contract and then the following year they lo- they don't want to re-sign Lowry or Serge Ibaka, they'll have basically $90 million in cap room or something insane. Something crazy, yeah. So Don't forget, I, they also got Danny Green in that trade, too. I think this move makes Vince Carter's exit from Toronto look a little better in the, <laughs> in the annals of history. Yeah. You know, and I also think if anybody's going to help DeMar DeRozan reach his full potential, it'd be the Spurs organization. Sure. Coach Pop, yeah. they're, they got that shooting coach that uh, turned Kawhi Leonard into a, a shooter when he wasn't uh, much coming out of college. Chip England. Chip England, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the yeah. guy who played Freddy Krueger? <laughs> okay. No, I think that's a different guy. Oh, that's Robert. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how Freddy would shoot the ball with those fingers, man. I just, just, just I, I was thinking, too, maybe Greg Popovich is so down to earth that he'll help DeMar DeRozan with his depression. You know, the past year, DeMar came out, was you know, speaking pretty publicly about mental health. But then I saw a quote from Popovich this, uh, this past week. His quote was, there are billions of people enduring. We're not enduring anything. Or so, you know, either DeRozan reaches his full potential or he retires at 32. And <laughs> never heard from again. Yeah. I, honestly, I think it's a really good move for the Spurs in a weird way, too. Even though I'm not a huge fan of DeMar DeRozan's game, they have more mid-range players than the entire league on one team now with Marcus Aldridge uh, and DeMar DeRozan and everybody else they have on that roster. Um, by the way, I'm super high on, on Lonnie Walker. I don't know if you guys got to see him play in summer league. That kid's going to be good, and yeah, I can't wait for it. I didn't get to see him, but I'm excited for him. He's from my hometown. I say this every time I'm on a podcast. <laughs> so wait, I'm super ta- rooting for him. Wait, what town is that? Reading, Pennsylvania. Okay. And he went to Miami. Wow. Anytime you can get out of Reading, you just you got to go for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Reading, California is kind of a shithole, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but at least Reading, California is actually spelled Reading, where Reading, Pennsylvania is it's spelled reading, reading, but we just pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. I'm excited for the Lonnie Walker, the fourth, the world is an illusion era in San oh, Antonio. Yeah, that's great. Him and Popovich <laughs> could be in a, in a buddy comedy together. It is going to be great. Do you think that there's one player in the NBA that the Sixers could add right now and become – 
you know, a championship contender, maybe even win a championship in the next three years. Ignoring salary cap, current contracts, if you could add anybody in the NBA to your team as they're constructed, who would you pick? Giannis. Easy. Giannis. Giannis. Put Giannis on that team. They're winning the championship, at least one, right? You got Simmons, you got Embiid, you got Giannis. Like, that's that's a lot of length and a lot of defense and a lot of shooting. I mean, Giannis can't shoot the three ball, neither can Ben Simmons. All right, so you'd have to put a bench bunch of shooters around him, but still, that's a really good core. I like that. I like that. The answer I was looking for, though, was LeVar Ball. He's uh, oh. He could beat Michael <laughs> Jordan. He's the best player alive. So let's go through some other free agent news and some other signings that just happened in this past week first off we already talked about him once there's a new free agent in the nba his name is shams sharnaya have have you heard about this joe borelli no shams announced he is not returning to yahoo sports and will become a free agent they confirmed that they did not agree on how much shams should be paid right those tailored suits aren't cheap (laughs) Uh, Some of the people that are looking to maybe hire him, NBC Sports and The Athletic. The Athletic has that paywall, so Mm -hmm. that... uh, Mm -hmm. Yahoo had the market cornered with free agency news uh, two years ago, and now they're about to lose both their guys. It opens up a lot of doors for Chris Mannix, though. Is he still at Yahoo? I think he came with uh, Woj to ESPN, didn't he? I'm not sure. So Shams is looking for someone to back up the Brinks truck, just like Isaiah Thomas was. A couple years ago, it looked like he was on his way to a $100 million contract, and now he just signed for the minimum in Denver. you have any thoughts on Isaiah Thomas's signing, Joe? Uh, I mean, I feel really bad for Isaiah Thomas. Is this, is this the most precipitous decline we've ever witnessed in the NBA? Well, no, that can't be true. I'm sure guys have just like gotten completely injured and never played again. But still, he went from fifth in MVP voting like two years ago, right? To he just, we thought he was just a little injured in the playoffs and then he's traded and then he's injured. And then he has to play with LeBron, which will just like destroy you completely inside and out. And now he's on Denver. I think he'll be fine for Denver, but he's going to be a backup point guard. Maybe he can be your sixth man of the year, but I just feel bad for him because he had the chance to have such a payday. And for a small guard like that, who I, you know, everybody's always rooting for, because he just plays with so much heart. It's just, it's kind of heartbreaking to see what happened. It is a bummer. Outside of injury, well, he was injured, but outside of an injury where you never play again, this you're right, this has to be one of the biggest falls. At least people still like him. Dwight Howard fell and everyone hates him. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No one likes Dwight Howard. The most recent trade that just went down just a few hours ago was Carmelo Anthony to the Atlanta Hawks. Right. Where he will never play a single minute. Hopefully he goes down there to get some of that sweet, sweet Coca-Cola, though. Okay. (laughs) The Oklahoma City Thunder did a three-team trade with your Sixers, ended up with Dennis Schroeder and Timothy Luau Cabrero. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, my God. Luau Cabrero. How dare you, sir? Okay. (laughs) TLC. I'm actually— TLC. I think that's the most intriguing part of this trade, by the way. Maybe I'm just trying to do two inside baseball, but— he seems like a decent player who the Sixers might have just run out of room for. Does he have a blonde highlight on the front of his fro, though? Not yet. But he could get there. He aspires one day. TLC does have some upside. Like, I, he had a really exciting first year. His second year, I think he just proved that he's just going to be a serviceable player, rotation player. I'm not that excited about him anymore. I, and I honestly think he was going to probably get cut off the team with the amount of guys they have on there anyway. So it's not that big of a loss. I'm sadder to see Justin Anderson go, but mm-hmm. I don't understand why the Sixers got involved in this. 
because they got Mike Muscala back for those two other players. And here's the thing about Mike Muscala. Have you guys ever watched Ed Vanetta play? No. Me neither. So there you go. In college basketball. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody knows who Mike Muscala is. I've never watched him play because I'm not watching the Hawks. I'm sorry. So I don't know anything about him. Maybe it's a great trade. I'll do some research and let you guys know. He went to Bucknell, Joe. Oh, Bucknell is a good school. I know that because I remember he was one of the guys going into his senior year that was talked about as a player that was good enough to score a first-round upset in the tournament on his own. He had won, like, Patriot League Player of the Year a few times in a row or something. So with that being said, I have not watched him in the NBA. And he's been in the NBA for, like, four or five years now. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's seen a single game he played. Joe, on the show every week, we do a segment called The Diss of the Week. And that's where we go through the news, pull quotes from Twitter and press conferences, and nominate disses. Since you're our guest this week, we'll let you choose the winner of the diss of the week. Mm-hmm. Would you like to All hear right. the, the nominees? Please, please. Yo mama is so fat! DeMarcus Cousins is officially a Golden State Warrior now. He was asked by a reporter about the negative reaction of him joining the Warriors. He said, quote, I don't give a f-. He also had the quote, just to put it out there, my favorite warrior is Clay by far. For him to be as dull as he is, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> I saw an NBA Reddit, so this is the DeMarcus Cousins, a candidate number one. NBA Reddit user that I can't pronounce is candidate number two. He said, DeRozan is in the same conference with LeBron again. Wouldn't it be funny if the Lakers sweep the Spurs somehow? Yeah. Too soon? (laughs) And the last nominee on uh, this week's Diss of the Week, Shaquille O'Neal. He took to Instagram to show off he has a new yacht. And he asked his fans what he should name her using the hashtag MyNewToy. Good to be rich. Uh, One fan wrote in response to Shaq, call it free throw so you won't ever sink it. (laughs) (laughs) I did see that one and I was laughing at work. So who's it? Who's it go to this week? Cousins, Reddit user, or the guy trolling Shaq? All right. So what what Cousins said about Clay was really good. It was pretty hilarious. But I gotta go with the Reddit user who roasted Shaq. That is perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks for playing uh, this week's disc of the week, and thanks so much for coming on the show. Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. On the next episode. Of Brick House. We might just have to spend the whole show talking about will they or won't they with the Rockets and Clint Capella because most of the drama of the summer appears to be over. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. You guys should tune in to Superflight and Dunk Tales, show Joe does with James Holis, a.k.a. Snotty Drippin'. If you're an NBA Twitter fan, you probably know Snotty. That's a great show. Joe, like us, plays really cool musical interludes on his podcast Fantastic. as well. So if, you, if the basketball wasn't enough, come for the, uh, for the guitar riffs, too. <laughs> yeah. How can people tweet at you, Joe? Um, it's really easy. You can just tweet at me at Joe Borelli. It's I'm not going to spell it. You can figure it out. <laughs> Joe mm-hmm. Borelli. If you want to tweet at the, the Superflight, you can tweet at Superflight Pod. And at DunkTales, you can at DunkTales Pod. Yeah. Joe Borelli, L-E-O-N-A-R-D-O. I'm changing my Twitter handle right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're welcome back on the show anytime, Joe. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week on the next episode of Brick House.